I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we're going to have a very interesting discussion on the things that we put in our mouth. You know, I keep talking about how important food is. And this keeps reminding me of my, this this one line that my grandmother used to use all the time. And because it was my grandmother and you never literally listened to what your grandparents say and what your parents say, you never took it seriously. She used to say that you are what you eat. And then much later on in life did the penny actually drop. And I suddenly realized saying that, yes, every single part of me, every little cell of me was not there when I was born. So where did it come from? So it must have come from the food that I've eaten. And that's when you start asking yourself, are you putting good quality things in your mouth? Because that's the quality of the body that you're going to have. Like I keep joking saying, where do you want potato chips to end up in your body? Like which part of your body do you want to be made up of potato chips? So understanding food, understanding the quality of food is extremely important. And today with us, we have a very special guest. We have Avinash from Deep Rooted, who's going to take us through all these ideas about food, the quality of food, and how we should start thinking about it. So Avinash, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Hey, hi everyone. Uh, happy to be here and uh, you know, spend some time sharing uh, yeah, what we see in the great journey of food. Lovely. You know, Avinash, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, born and brought up in Bangalore, uh, engineer MBA by educational background, went through the usual career path that an engineer does uh, sometime three, year ba- three years back, actually, along with three other childhood friends, uh, uh, all of um, whom studied in the same school together. Right. We got together to start this uh, venture called uh, uh, Deep Rooted, uh, as it's known today. Um, again, the idea was to the idea culminated from many brainstorming sessions that we did. Uh, one of the co-founders was managing a coffee estate. The idea was to do something around that, but we navigated our way into you know growing high-quality um, greens right outside Bangalore um, and started marketing it to a few fine dining outlets and internet kitchens. Uh, right, and uh, that has evolved today into a brand that is known for fresh, clean, contamination-free fruits and vegetables being directly sold to end consumers on our platform across two cities. Um, yeah, so I mean, um, that is a quick introduction about myself and uh, what we are doing at Deep Putin. So why did you think of starting and getting down into this path on clean? Was there like a personal connect to the kind of food that you ate? Was there an aha moment that happened? Um, so, um, again, I think, uh, we organically evolved. I wish there was a great story that it was an aha moment that four of us in a cafe sort of brainstormed into growing, uh, fresh, clean, contamination-free produce. No, I think it emanated from both, uh, inside out, uh, what we were trying to do when we got our hands literally dirty to get into farming. At the same time, uh, the feedback that we were hearing from the customers and the consumers, um, on the kind of challenges that they see when it comes to quality. Um, especially in highly perishable uh, fruits and vegetables, right? Uh, so if you take an average year, it has four seasons. Uh, so the availability, the quality, and the consistency of both of those varies throughout the year, um, right? So great produce at low prices for, uh, I don't know, three to four months a year, but the remainder of the year, even if someone is willing to pay a high price, right? The quality and the availability is not consistent. Right. So uh, how do we sort of structurally fix this problem in a very India specific context where demand side today is extremely mature and nuanced, right? Like consumers 
in general and people like you and me uh, yeah eating clean staying healthy is a cornerstone of living today right uh, people today are extremely conscious about as you rightly said you are what you eat right so people are extremely conscious about that and and when it comes to perishable fruits and vegetables it's not just about where the produce is coming from which is also very important and it matters but it's also about how it is grown right i mean uh, um for us bringing that aspect together right the consumer today is ready to take in an offering which promises uh, fresh clean contamination free fruits and vegetables uh, but it's about actually structurally leveraging the indian supply side ecosystem of small landhold farmers how do we make them an integral and core part of this supply chain and uh, work this end to end so that you know both sides of the Uh, supply chain or ecosystem so to speak uh, uh are happy and have their sort of problems met right so um it it happened over about 6 to 9 months uh, when actually we were in our regular day jobs and farming was almost a side venture uh, we set up our own one acre farm it was a hydroponic farm which means we were growing it in a soilless environment um the ability to grow irrespective of the kind of uh, season it is and maintain a good uh, uh, a productivity and yield from a farm perspective but quality from a consumer perspective that's how our journey began right and the proof of the pudding for us was uh, consumers or customers rather uh, uh, pretty much immediately validating that the quality distinctively stood out from whatever was available or whatever channels that they were using but also the fact that we were able to do that consistently irrespective of season over over the 6 to 7 months meant that you know uh, uh, there is a structural way to go about fixing the problem of perishable supply chain at the core of it but at a at a very high level it's about yeah uh, uh, ensuring that you build a traceable honest sincere supply chain right from the farm uh, in what seeds you use how do you grow the produce in a contamination free manner without spraying chemicals and how do you ensure that that freshness and quality at the farm also sort of translates uh, when it reaches a consumer's doorstep right so uh, the demand side in general today is extremely mature and nuanced and and is asking lot of questions on the supply side across most other categories of life if you see electronics fashion most of those have been addressed uh when it comes to fruit uh, groceries and within groceries especially fruits and vegetables is where you know the supply side maturity has to ramp up and that's the journey that we are on you know avinash more than the supply side i want to spend time talking about it from a consumer's point of view right yep. because i went down this whole rabbit hole of trying to figure out what is the good best quality of everything that i could start eating and it is a it is a rabbit hole it is completely unidentifiable like people say chalo you know ashton you should eat seasonal fruits and vegetables great yeah but how do i know what's in season when right how do i know this is seasonal this is not seasonal this was picked ages ago this is something that is new and you you spoke a lot about these various things and i want to touch up on a few of these one is season the second yeah. is quality yeah. the third is the supply chain right and understanding what is the way that you're doing it with soil hydroponics let's talk about that as well but first let's talk about seasons and fruits like sure of fruits and vegetables how do you people start understanding this aspect of seasonality yeah so i think uh, if you look at broadly fruits and vegetables uh, on an average uh, consumers consumption of vegetables 
fairly tends to remain uh, predictable or uh, fairly standard irrespective of the time of the year yes i mean uh, you do there are seasonal vegetables as well which you want to leverage on which you want to enjoy as a delicacy definitely but uh, most of the mainstream vegetable consumption is fairly standard you need your dosage of greens you need your dosage of staples you need your cucumbers you need your birds uh, so and most of those vegetables by the way are fairly available throughout the year it's a different challenge that at certain times in a year especially during heavy monsoon if cultivation is being done in open field the quality may be susceptible the availability may be susceptible but largely uh, at its core most of these are uh, throughout the year available vegetables majority of them right which ones are the ones that you don't need to worry about seasonal so like if you can list a few then we'll just uh, put in like for example well. potato and onion right i mean it's available throughout the year but are they grown throughout the year no it is grown in select parts of the year uh, and you know you use cold storages because they are non perishable so to speak so they they last longer you use cold storages and then for the remainder of the year when it's a non cultivation season it goes out of the cold storages and goes through the traditional supply chain and reaches the consumer right your greens for example um during winter right you get excellent quality greens because the climate is conducive for greens to grow largely irrespective of where you are growing i'm i'm taking away the nuances of a farmer being competent and things like that but from just an external climate weather point of view greens uh, you can grow excellent quality in winter now especially in bangalore now that the rains have started if someone is dependent only on open field cultivation right you will not be able to guarantee quality or availability so there are a set of skus like this especially greens which we solve for by growing in greenhouses or a hydroponic environment right where we are largely abstracting the external weather and taking it out of the equation and delivering to the consumer how they would get greens let's say during the best part of the year if it was grown in open field right likewise most crops which are grown in open field during peak summer or during peak monsoon tends to see huge uh, vulnerability in terms of production quality What pest infestation like? and things like that all of your gourds right um, even carrots during monsoon is extremely uh, tricky um, um, your uh, beans and lady's finger right so most of these crops they go through slight peaks and troughs in terms of quality and availability for a large set of these core staples right which are perishable which means if you leave it on a, a kitchen table it will not last for more than two days in some cases even less than that right so for a large set of these vegetables is what uh, we are trying to abstract and make uh, whether uh, uh, a lesser factor you cannot remove definitely and try and make the cultivation uh, more deterministic and predictable uh, thereby ensuring that end consumer has the availability uh, throughout the year and that availability is also at the right quality and and it being grown in a contamination free manner fruits on the other hand are a different beast every consumer on a weekly basis if we look at our consumers um, consumption pattern as i said vegetables tend to be fairly repeated right you want to have your tomatoes you will buy a potato you will buy an onion you will buy a beans you will buy a gourds you will buy greens right fruits is where we see variety um and seasonality is extremely important from a consumer point of view right fruits tend to be high value produce 
right fruits most of them tend to be seasonal although you know things like apple which maybe 10 15 years when we were growing up uh, tended to tended to be available only at a certain uh, points in the year but nowadays apple is practically available throughout the year right um so you have seasonal fruits like stone fruits the beet lychee rambutan logan you have strawberries and blueberries which are available only during peak winter um right you have mangoes obviously which are uh, the king of fruits available only during summer right so fruits inherently are extremely seasonal um fruits are also one where from a consumer viewpoint uh, uh tends to seek uh, variety um and therefore it is imperative that uh, at those points in the season you have the fruits available to the consumer because they are actually seeking out consciously for those like vegetable shopping may tend to happen at a subconscious level uh, largely fruit happens at a very conscious level because it is it is uh, more diverse the tastes are different the health benefits that it brings in are different and inherently it is also a seasonal produce But you know, like Avinash, uh, there was this one incident that has burnt its memory in my brain. Okay, I had um, I had once uh, gone for a meeting and I carried my little lunch dabba, finished my lunch, and there was an apple along with it. You know, one of those Chinese Christmas apple things. And I had come back home, parked the car, and had forgotten about the bag in the car. I drove all over the city for the next two weeks. I hadn't touched the bag. Two weeks that apple was in my car. After that, I took it out and I cut it open. and it was exactly like it was 2 weeks ago right wow. there was no perishableness to that apple at all what is going on here ah you've had a unique experience right i mean uh, it's not very common honestly yes i mean uh, shelf life uh, basically what you're talking about is shelf life right i mean how long can the produce last without it getting degraded in terms of quality becoming soft or starting to get uh, 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 composted from the inside uh, right so shelf life is a function of many different uh, things starting from which seed it was uh, was used to sow the variant how was it grown right uh, what were the climatic conditions or how was it grown in general how was the crop taken care during the entire life cycle uh, when was the produce harvested right like i mean even the time of the harvest actually matters and then uh, how was it transported from the farm to your doorstep and usually it goes through multiple exchange of hands right i mean from a farmer to an average consumer there will be anywhere between 5 to 6 exchange of hands of the produce and at each exchange of hands the shelf life and the freshness and the quality starts sort of deteriorating right and 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 therefore you know most of the times when you walk into a modern trade store in the evening the greens don't tend to be the freshest because it would have been harvested practically 24 to 36 hours back right um, so it, the shelf life and the freshness depends on a multitude of factors uh, what you've seen honestly could be an outlier experience but a lot of the supply chain um, uh, solutions that are being thought through today is exactly to do that i mean everybody claims farm to fork today but very few people are doing it in the right spirit of farm to fork uh, in order to ensure yeah an apple that you bought 4 days back continues to remain as fresh as red as crunchy as it would be if you were to let's say pluck it out of a tree um, and eat it right so i think i think that are the processes taking place to these vegetables and fruits and things like that what are the kinds of things that are currently yeah, so... happening in the market 
yeah so in in general mostly in fruits right uh, i think uh, most fruits or actually quite a, a subset of fruits tend to undergo some sort of pre cooling some sort of uh, post harvest processes right uh, before it actually reaches the consumer right like a banana is harvested at a certain yellow tinge um and within 3 hours of harvest it goes into a pre cooling chamber which is maintained at a certain temperature it remains there for a certain duration post which you know uh, it 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 is removed out and then it is sent to the consumer so a banana that you get will be adequately ripe and that means it has gone through three four steps of post harvest pre delivery steps right even for apple there is natural waxing right in order to preserve the uh, uh shine of the apple in order to preserve or in order to ensure that the apple doesn't become softer during crunch uh during the transit time because apple is is a high uh, altitude uh, fruit it cannot be grown even in like an ooty or something it has to be uh, shimla and beyond right um, and thanks to global warming by the way the average height or the altitude at which apple is growing is only going up over time i think there was a lovely article in livement on uh, um uh, what is happening um, on that front right so most fruits which go through these long distance transportations right uh, because they can only be grown in select regions or climatic zones tend to have a fairly well defined process of what should happen immediately post harvest like the example i took of banana or an apple or even mangoes actually right i mean uh, uh, you need to preserve it in a certain uh, temperature range so that it doesn't become too soft or it doesn't overripe uh, and 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 that right begins right from the farm at at what stage you harvest too early maybe some fruits by the way you you cannot ripen it post harvest it has to ripen on the plant and at a certain stage uh, which means by the time you get it it is ready for consumption so uh, everything Blueberries, begins at the yes exactly hmm. right so it begins it begins right at the farm where you uh, you harvest at what stage you harvest uh, and depending on the fruit what steps you ensure and most of them would involve some sort of pre cooling keeping it in a certain not exposing it over a certain time range um um and then you know some fruits go through a ripening uh, process within a chamber um and then and then you know it gets delivered to the consumer so a lot of the a lot of these activities traditionally was happening through the unorganized sector where there's lack of transparency visibility into what was being used to ripen how was it handled um you know waxing waxes in apple is always a common thing that you are concerned about as to what sort of wax they are using even though the fssai guidelines in india mandates the use of a certain wax um covid times right so <laughs> um, so yeah <laughs> so um even though there are registrations and regulations on um, uh, all of that given the sort of uh, raw nature of the supply side ecosystem a lot of the people are concerned because they don't know behind the scenes of what is happening so so a lot of the um, activities in agri tech space today is to sort of break that clutter and bring in visibility deep into the supply so that you know consumers are comfortable in the choices that they are doing um, uh, and in knowing how it was grown or uh, yeah before going ahead we'll take a quick break Welcome back. Let's jump into the conversation. 
there are two parts to this. One is how it was grown, which we'll get into. The second part is how it was preserved, how it was ripened, how it was transported. And, you know, I, there, there are so many um, questions around that. You know, what chemicals were used, like you said, in the ripening chambers? Yeah. What is the way in which that this uh, apple was preserved? What is the way in this banana was... The, like, those are some of the things that are, I think, question marks also in my life and in, and in the listener's life, right? What are important learnings that people can, you know, pick up and say that they, these are the kinds of fruits I should worry about, these are the kinds of fruits that I should not probably worry about? Yeah, so I think, uh, see, in general, uh, things like watermelon, muskmelon, guava, papaya, etc., right? I mean, you harvest them um, right out of uh, the tree slash plant. Um, and then you consume them, right? Like a mango is typically, uh, yes, goes through goes through some sort of ripening before it actually uh, reaches the end consumer, right? So uh, and and the uh, and both for a grower and a supply chain um, uh, player, uh, irrespective of who it is actually, and the end consumer, the intricacy in fruit is that till you cut it open, you don't know. Right. Uh, so uh, an, a mango, which looks perfectly fine from outside, when you cut it open, you may find that, uh, you know, uh, it's turned black in some corner or there's a worm, etc. Right. So uh, there is a great deal of science that can be used that is used to ensure that you take all the care possible um, to ensure that, yeah, I mean, the right quality goes out. It's not rotten, all of that. Uh, but yeah, in fruits, until you cut open, you never know. So as a consumer, I think, I mean, today, an average consumer, honestly, is fairly well nuanced. Uh, and therefore, they're also asking the right questions uh, to the choices that they're using to buy their fruits and vegetables, right? So today, there are plethora of choices, starting from walking into a market, which today people may be concerned about, to a Kirana store, to a modern trade store to any of the online players who are buying fruits and vegetables, uh, to any of the new age boutique brands that are uh, upcoming in the fruits and vegetable space, right? So the choices are unlimited. Um, a good set of the population today is actually asking most of these channels as to when was it grown, how was it grown, when did it come to your shop, uh, 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 how was it handled during the supply chain. And that's where a lot of the question today is going unanswered because of the um, uh, extremely unorganized nature of the supply chain, which today a lot of agri-tech companies are trying to solve for in bringing in this transparency and traceability into the supply chain. So should consumers be asking these questions? And consumers who should they be are, asking to? Consumers are asking the questions. Like, for example, if you, if you look at um, our app or if you look at our social media, that's what we are trying to highlight and showcase that uh, it doesn't have to be opaque, right? I mean, your supply chain. So for a good uh, five to six years, traceability in fruits and vegetables stopped at just telling where the vegetable or fruit was grown, right? Uh, the equally important, if not more important, was how was it grown, right? So uh, a, at least a core part of deep rooted is to sort of bring in that philosophy, the set of practices that we follow uh, uh, and bring it out in the open, right? Like, for example, a common way of avoiding to spray pesticides is to use plants uh, as a natural deterrent for pests for your main crop, right? I mean, it is science, right? So you grow along the border or, or the periphery of the field, you grow certain kind of um, uh, plants, 
which naturally act as a deterrent from the pests actually entering that right so there are a certain set of key practices that you can follow and to your question maybe coming back are consumers asking yes consumers are definitely asking these questions right because as i said for a good 5 6 years traceability stopped at where was it being grown you could not everyone had a qr code where they could scan and then you know see some farm location but beyond that yeah there was a void as to whether it was truly grown there whether it was grown in the right way now somebody going to the road and buying vegetables and fruits from there how will that person ask those kind of questions who will they answer no, I mean, what it yeah it has not percolated to that uh, all the channels uniformly but i'm telling most consumers today right are actually asking these questions right especially when it comes to fruits vegetables they are questioning the promises and claims being made by some of these players right when they call it organic when they call it hydroponic when they call it greenhouse grown when they call it residue free or pesticide free right there are a lot of terms and terminologies that brands companies are using uh where you, if you scratch the surface you really don't know behind those claims how are those claims substantiated in a way right so one of the core elements of at least what we are trying to do is actually break the myth and lay it out telling what does organic mean what does hydroponic mean what does greenhouse mean what is the advantage of growing that how are we sort of growing it in a contamination free manner or how are we growing it in a residue free manner uh 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 we are we are showcasing the entire farm to uh, home uh, you know supply chain videos where at every point in time we are showcasing how it is being preserved uh, um um at what time is it harvested what time does it reach our warehouse versus a consumer's house right so i think i think the underlying movement that i said about people being extremely conscious about what they are eating i think it is now beginning to percolate and at at some point in time it will reach a certain mature level is anyone and everyone asking the question the answer is probably no but is there an underlying interest curiosity um um and um, um even in this category to go a couple of steps beyond and understand things like sustainability that that is a phenomenon that we are clearly seeing uh, in a certain demographic uh, who are our consumers right like people in the 25 to 45 year old bracket um sort of fit the um, mold that we are telling who are conscious about either what they are eating or their kids at home or their parents at home are eating um and have embraced let's say non traditional choices for buying fruits and vegetables and are asking these questions so probably the younger generation right i mean they are the most conscious of the generation across categories right uh, uh things like buying refurbished electronics and in fashion understanding the sustainability element of it like organic cotton and things like that have already come up in fashion uh this is a category which is much more earthy and raw and closer to nature and the same sort of mindset uh like again it's not a top of the mind category low environment category but even there people are actually wanting to understand what of it how of it uh, uh today lovely Avinash how can people find out more about what you do and deprooted Yeah so I think uh, we are we have a fairly uh, so we have for especially audience in Bangalore and Hyderabad they can go to the play store or the app store and download our app deep space rooted is what they'll have to search for We also have an e-commerce website uh, people can go to deep-rooted.co 
uh, uh, they can read about uh, the brand, the journey, the philosophy, the vision that with, uh, with which we are working on. Uh, uh, would also urge uh, consumers in these two cities to give a try and experience for themselves and not just go by what I'm telling because practice what you preach. So just don't go by um, what I'm telling. Please feel free to try our uh, range of produce. So we are practically a one-stop shop for uh, F&B needs of a consumer. Lovely. Superb. Avinash, thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that was Avinash from Deep Rooted. This was part one. Make sure you come and join us for part two, where we now deep dive into the whole meaning of what hydroponics is. What is organic? How should you start thinking about this? What is the journey that you can get on and become more aware of the kind of food that you're eating? Because ultimately, the fruits and vegetables that we eat are what is going to be making our body, our health, and everything that we want, the vitality that we want to live with. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A-W-E-S-O-M-E 180. That's Awesome 180.